1: In three days, polling locations all over Davidson County will be open for the Metropolitan General Election. That includes electing a new mayor, vice mayor, and a whole lot of Metro Council members. Voters will also be weighing in on the Tennessee House District 51 Special Primary and the Tennessee House District 52 Special General Election. Are you registered to vote? If so, do you know how and where to cast your ballot? How do you know if you're in House District 51 or 52? We've got you covered as we talk with an election official, voter engagement organizers, and a first-time voter. That's all coming up later this hour. But first, it's time for at us. Each week, we take time to read the comments so you don't have to. Yes, I am encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at This Is Nashville and on Instagram at This Is Nashville underscore WPLN. Joining me now with a look back at the past few weeks is our executive producer, and. Andrea Tut-Hope. Hey, Andrea.
2: Hey, Khalil. It's so weird to do this on a Monday.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> right. But as, as I just mentioned, this Thursday is Election Day and believe it or not. So we've moved our add a segment to today in order to kick off that show with a live update from the polls.
2: Yes. Speaking of voting, um, it is not too late to get your questions in for today's show. Um, seriously, we know voting is not exactly easy in our state. So go ahead and tweet us now at this is Nashville or DM us. We've got Davidson County's election administrator Jeff Roberts joining us in the next segment, so we can we can pose your questions to him, uh, and and get some answers for you.
1: Also, hey, if you're not planning to vote, tweet us about that too. Let us know why.
2: Yes. So, as a lot of you know, uh, on the topic of voting, uh, we. Or, or, sorry, as a lot of you know or now know if you listen to our episode on it, Vice Mayor is on the ballot.
1: Yes. If you missed that episode last week, it's a great, great, really great breakdown of what the role is and what you need to know about the two candidates running, Angie Henderson and incumbent Jim Shulman.
2: Yeah. So this episode idea actually came to us from a listener and friend of the show, Simone Boyd. So thank you, Simone, for that idea. So during that show, we got a question from Nicole Williams uh, on Twitter for Vice Mayor Jim Schulman that we could not fit in. Here's what she asked. She said, quote, why did he remove then Vice Chair Delicia Porterfield from the Budget and Finance Committee and remove Sandra Sepulveda from the Rules Committee? two of the more sought after committee assignments after they opposed his fair board pick, end
1: quote. Full disclosure, Nicole has publicly endorsed Henderson, but we pulled Shulman aside after the episode to ask her the question, and here's what he said.
3: So a number of different things came into um, review of those positions. Uh, after two years of, um, of keeping people on different committees, you review and figure out where things are. Um, didn't necessarily make a decision based upon what uh, Nicole is saying. Um, There are different things that go into making those determinations. Uh, There are different people that um, where you try to review kind of what's happened over the past couple of years and then decisions are made.
2: So yeah, admittedly not a super substantial answer there from Shulman, but we wanted to make sure to get an answer to Nicole's question and deliver you all that outtake. Um, If you missed that full episode uh, from last week, it's definitely worth listening back, especially if you're still undecided about who to vote for for vice mayor.
1: All right. What else we got?
2: So for a change of pace, I know it's a lot of election stuff these days. We had a really fun episode Friday about the Cumberland River produced by our interim news director, Tony Gonzalez.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of it was a real fun episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, So we broke down everything you can do on or around the Cumberland River, which hasn't always been something Nashvilleans give a lot of thought and the episode got a lot of love on Twitter. Um, our listener at Let the Mystery Be wrote, Finally, I am from a coast in Virginia, but have lived here 30 years. I always wondered why the riverfront was so poorly used here. And uh, council member Brett Withers tweeted at us to share his love for that episode and to share a memory with us, apparently former District 6 Dis- District 6 council member Mike Jameson uh, once swam across the Cumberland River to generate interest in improving water quality. And Wither says that worked.
1: Hey, and he wasn't <laughs> glowing after he was right, done. Right,
2: right. He wasn't. He wasn't radioactive. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, we got a question during that show from at Cheeseburglar99. Also, I just love reading people's <laughs> ads, you know? <laughs> So they wrote, any chance of the Greenway path extending along the Cumberland so that users could bike and jog along the riverside? And we've got an answer for that listener um, from the Shelby Bottoms Greenway folks. Uh, The next likely section of paved Greenway along the Cumberland is the Opry Mills connector. Metro got a grant from TDOT to help connect Greenways to Opry Mills. And by the way, officials say that uh, that connector may end up making it Faster to bike to the mall than drive because of the greenway.
1: Oh, I was at the mall yesterday. That is totally going to change parking. (laughs)
2: Yes, yes. Okay, before we go, can we just talk about how amazing the youths are from our mayoral forum?
1: Yes, yes. You all may remember we had four local teens join us for our live event to ask questions of the candidates and try their hands at reporting after the event.
2: These teens are so amazing, and we were so impressed by them. Yusuf Dogan was one of them, and he's actually joining us later this hour to talk about his first voting experience.
1: Yes, I love these kids. They may shirk at hearing me call them kids, but hey. (laughs) Um, You know, I actually ran into another one of the teens this past weekend, Madison Moore, when I was at my trip to the mall. It was, look, it's back to school. The mall was vibrant and popping and incredibly busy.
2: Can't believe you went at that time, but. Yeah,
1: hey, you got to get in on the sales when you can. Madison was recently a guest on News Channel 5 encouraging young people to vote. Oh my
2: God, that's amazing. I love to see them shine. And can we just, I just want to go ahead and nominate Yusuf and Madison for president.
1: They got my vote already. (laughs) That is our executive producer, Andrea Tudhope. Thanks for this roundup, Andrea. Anytime. And don't forget to add us on Twitter and Instagram and let's keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey to let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's super easy and quick and helps us produce shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get you up to speed with all the info you need to know about how to cast your vote. Did you vote early or are you heading to the polls on August 3rd like me? Let us know and tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil e. Colonna, and this is Nashville. <laughs> Voting is a key aspect of our democracy. It's a right and a responsibility. In many ways, nothing else is quite as important. Free and fair elections allow everyday citizens to select our leaders. It's one of the ways we become a part of the process of governing. But how easy is it? How many people vote in our elections? What will it take to increase those numbers? If you're voting at your polling place, what do you need to know before you vote? My next guests are here to get you up to speed. Jeff Roberts is the Davidson County Administrator of Elections and Jessica Williams is the Communications Director for the Equity Alliance. Jeff, Jess, thank you both so much for being here and welcome back to This is Nashville.
4: Thank you so much.
1: So, okay, over the weekend, early voting ended. Now, Jeff, you're the person in charge of this election for Davidson County. Can you give us an update on the early voting turnout for this cycle?
3: Sure. We were a little light uh, beginning the early voting period, but things picked up toward the, uh, the end, the last three days, and we exceeded the number of voters in both the 2015, and 2019 elections.
1: Okay, so it was looking a little little thin at first. Then, as the deadline came, people rushed to the polls to vote early, and now we see this bump. Why do you think the numbers have turned out this way? I think,
3: um, as the polls showed, a lot of individuals had not made up their mind. And also, when Mr. Gingrich suspended his campaign, that caused voters to put things on pause a little bit, let me see how things might shake out. And then they came out the last three days.
1: Now, you've been doing this for a while. Do people only tend to vote early or only do they vote on election day?
3: You know, we have really um, probably three populations. We have folks that only vote on election day. We have folks that like to vote during early voting. And then we have a few people, depending on their schedule, what works best for them? All right. So we
1: got Election Day this Thursday. What are you expecting as far as turnout?
3: You know, I think we're we're looking something north of 60,000 uh, would probably be a good number for us. All right. Now, some people, you know, they may not be familiar with the
1: process of voting or they may just need a place to gather all of the information about the election in one place. Jess, the Equity Alliance, you all do something really cool. You create this free nonpartisan voter guide. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Tell us what it what is it?
4: Well, our nonpartisan voter guide, it is um, our vehicle that we use to help voters show up at the polls informed um, so that they can vote with confidence. It's our tool to help voters be able to know that and understand that you have the power to be able to choose who represents you in your community, not the other way around. Um, so we use that as a tool to let people know what's on the ballot, who's on the ballot. When I say who, I mean everybody. So um, so of course we do this across the state. So we do it in Nashville, Clarksville, Memphis, and Chattanooga. So sometimes, especially like in Memphis and Shelby County, there will be hundreds of people on the ballot. You can bet your bottom dollar that we're gonna have all of those people on the ballot telling you about them, their platforms, what they're running for, what they're running on, and um, just a way that we can hold people accountable to what they say that they're going to do uh for the community it has definitions about the the uh, positions that are on the ballot it tells you how to how to spot voter suppression it also tells you where to um where to report voter suppression and it, it literally is an a to z guide of everything that you need to know for the upcoming election
1: like a voters election encyclopedia it literally so is what it
4: is and you can get it at tenness Vote in voterguides.com
1: okay so how do you all put it together
4: we put it together uh we put out a um a questionnaire a candidate questionnaire to each of the each of the candidates that are um that have turned in qualifying um qualifying applications for a for an election so um after that if they don't fill out the um the questionnaire, which sometimes they don't fill out the questionnaire, we go to their websites and we figure out the information. So that way, every voter is still able to know who is on the ballot, regardless of whether they filled out a questionnaire or not. Of course, we know that sometimes um, candidates may not have time to be able to fill out the questionnaire. Their Their campaigns are running, you know, they're, you know, in the community trying to get to know voters. So, um, we make it a point to to make sure that that information is accessible to voters because it's important for us.
1: Now, you say you, you all go on to the community in the mm-hmm. four different corners of Tennessee, so to speak. Can you give me examples of the feedback you've received from people about the guide?
4: Absolutely. Um, So uh, the feedback that we've received is that um, it is probably one of the most comprehensive guys that they've seen. It's probably and I know that I know it to be the most comprehensive guide um, across the state. And the reason why I say that is because uh, the majority of the guys that we see, they have um, a a respective entities, whether it be organization or business or whatever the case, it has their own um, endorsed candidates in it. And it's not necessarily a um, guide of all of the candidates. And uh, we make sure that we make a point. Of course we are a nonpartisan organization, so we make it a point to make sure that all of that information is is there and accessible. So we hear that it's we hear that it is it is comprehensive. We hear that it, it has helped people be able to go to the forum, go to the polls just like I said, an, an informed and confident voter.
1: Now You guys work with a lot of community partners to Mm -hmm. put this together. Tell me about the people you work with to make this guide.
4: One of our biggest partners, and I have to shout out to them, um, Turk, Tennessee, Im- Tennessee Immigrant Rights and Refugee Coalition. They help us to be able to um, translate our guide into a couple of different languages. Of course, it is available in English, but it, uh, it is also now available in uh, Spanish as well as Arabic to make sure that we're reaching a magnitude of Tennesseans. And we're working on being able to um, translate it into other languages as well.
1: Now, if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Lake Colona. We're talking this hour about the ins and outs of voting with Jeff Roberts and of the Davidson Co- Roberts, pardon me, of the Davidson County Election Commission, and Jess Williams with the Equity Alliance. If you have a question about voting, please tweet us at This Is Nashville. Now, Jeff, you mentioned that you're expecting maybe sixty thousand people to be voting on Thursday. What percentage of registered voters in Nashville do you expect to vote in this election on Thursday?
3: You know, I think our goal would be uh, somewhere around 15 percent that would follow uh, recent trends with this particular election. Um, one thing that we, we've noticed and is probably uh, universal across the country, the national elections president, U.S. Senate, they get most of the voters' attention, but in reality your local election, that's where your voice can really make a difference. So we would like to see more people come out for our local election.
1: Okay, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions right now about basic voting for anybody who, you know, is out there and they want to learn more.
3: Is it too late to vote and to register to vote in the election on the 3rd? It's too late to vote and, well, it's too late to register to vote for the 3rd, but August or September the uh, August 15th is the date, the last day to register for the September 14th runoff. So if you missed the August 3rd deadline, be sure to touch base with our office or go online and get yourself registered to vote they run off. Okay, so they can go online. That's the place to register. That's one place they can register to vote. On- online is where we probably see now 70% of the voter registrations. Okay, so speaking of that, do I need a photo ID to register to vote? You don't need a photo ID to register to vote, but you need a photo ID to actually vote. So when you show up for early voting or on election day, you will be asked to present either a state-issued Photo ID or a federal photo ID? Okay, so those are the IDs that are
1: permitted, state issued or federal. We, you know, we got this interesting question about who can vote. It's from Sunny. They ask quote, Can a resident alien, international student vote in Tennessee for local elections? End quote. Jeff? You have to be a U.S. citizen to register to vote. What do so they have to become a citizen to register to vote? I mean, just, and what about college students? Who may not? They may live. They may be from Baltimore, attend Vanderbilt, but they want to vote. What do they have? To, what do they need to know
3: about how and where
1: they can vote here in Tennessee and Nashville? They can
3: vote here in Tennessee, or they can vote where their home is. So Christmas break, where do you go? You probably don't stay at Vanderbilt. You go back home. Mm. So keep that in mind. that That's an option for you. Also, if you are like my daughter. She had a scholarship to go to college that was specific to where she lived out in the Bellevue community. You don't want to take a chance of messing up your scholarship by changing your resident to the college town that you're living in.
1: I understand. So if I think I'm registered to vote, where can I check my registration status?
3: You can go to the state website, GoVoteTN, and check there. You can go to our site, which is nashville.gov forward slash vote, or you can get just give us a call. Any any way that we can help you feel comfortable that you're registered to vote and we have you prepared, that's our goal. What number should they call? They should call 862-8800. All right. That's area code 615. All right.
1: Now, we've had some redistricting happen here. In Nashville, That means, you know, if you haven't voted already, you may be in a district and have a new polling place or both. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, but this could affect everybody, right?
3: That's correct. Uh, Happens every 10 years when the census comes out. It's based on the population of Nashville. So you can think over 10 years how the population's changed. We have to move the precincts around to make sure we have about the same number of people in each one. Myself as an example, I used to be in District Twenty Two. I'm in District Thirty Five now. Right. Wow. My polling place changed. In fact, I'm having to drive further to my polling place than I did before. So, no one, no one special in the, in this event. Uh, we try to be fair for everyone. Now you know
1: sometimes people register, but they don't make it out to vote early, nor do they vote on election day. That results in this low voter turnout. Now, Jess, what are people telling you about why they don't vote?
4: Many people um, are affected by the redistricting that just happened, um, just as you stated, uh, and it is not um, the brunt is on or the the work is on the on the shoulders of the organizations like the Equity Alliance and like Turk and others in the community. Stand Up Nashville and um, COC to be able to, uh, tell voters or to be able to put out information for voters for them to be able to stay updated on their current, um, voter registrations and, um, other adversities that we're seeing or things that we're hearing or that, you know, it's a little confusing navigating, um, the state's websites and, tr- and trying to figure out where your polling locations are and where, you know, what district you're in now. Um, what I can say is that, um, of course, we do a great job at being able to put out that information for them, but also at the same time, um, the, the brunt of that work should not be on our shoulders. Um, our state entities should be able to put out that information for voters to be able to easily access. Um, so we're hearing that um, uh, even c- the confusing information about whether we will have um, early voting or not. Um, For instance, in uh, the special election for District 51, there was a um, there was no early voting here. However, at the same time in Memphis for Justin J. Pearson's district, there was early voting. So um, there is just, you know, being able we need state our state entities to be able to put out correct and effective and accurate information information. Not saying that we don't want to do the work, but also at the same time, we shouldn't have to fish and find it.
1: So, clear communication Absolutely. definitely would be something that helps everyone out. Now, in the Equity Alliance, you all have made it a priority to really inform people. Oh, real quick, I just want to say that we do have links to a lot of the voting and voting registration things that you all need to know on this episode's web post at thisisnashville.org. Now, Jess, you know, you all of the Equity Alliance, you've made it you know, a priority to inform people about their right to vote and how to go about voting. But I really know that you all don't do it alone. You talked about some of the groups that you're working with to help spread the word. But how important has this kind of coalition to inform people about voting? How important is that to not only Nashville and Davidson County, but the state
4: I, it, it's extremely important. Um, I would say right now it's the most important, especially with the political climate that's happening across our state and, frankly, across the nation. It's now it's important now more than ever for us to build multi generational and multi racial democracy. Um, so, in order for us to do that, we have to work with our coalition partners to be able to do that. So, we're working with immigrant immigrant rights and refugee coalitions to be able to do that. We're working with um, the NAACP to be able to do that. We're working with labor unions with SEIU and also with. Um, uh, CLC to be able to do that. So, um, I mean, just just in that, in order for us to show them what democracy looks like, what it truly looks like, we have to work together to build a multiracial and multigenerational democracy. We're working with young people. Um, we have youth fellows that are on our staff as well as on our coalition, um, our coalition partner staffs to be able to do that.
1: Now, it's about it's all about getting people moving and more because you, you mentioned fifteen percent, Jeff of the popul- voting public, eligible voting public, you know, being able to get into, involved into elections. And I understand the bump that that gets when we have a national general election. But 15%, is really not a lot of people. If We're thinking about the entirety of Nashville, of the people who could be voting to really have their voice heard. You know, tell me, what are some ideas that the Election Commission has heard about to get more people out there and voting?
3: You know, I think um, from our standpoint... Trying to make it easy to register to vote, um, the online situation that that allows people to very quickly go out there in the privacy of their home. Um, we found that we used to go to festivals and places like that. People are very leery to give a strange person all of their demographics and their social security number. That that's just a problem. Whereas when they do it online, privacy of their home, they can um, feel a little more comfortable about the situation. You know, m- all of the all of the policies that we follow are set out either in state laws or the federal laws. We have very little latitude on our own here in Davidson County to decide how elections are conducted. An example would be the primary for the the seats for Justin Jones, House 52, and the seat in Memphis. The reason, state law says that there would not be early voting in our situation because we only had one Republican and one Democrat running in the primary. Shelby County, on the other hand, had multiple Democrats running in the primary. That's why they had early voting. So it wasn't an option that we have early voting. It was prescribed in state law that we could not.
1: And There's organizations like the Equity Alliance. You know, they go out and help people register
3: to vote. I'm, I'm curious, can anyone run a voter registration drive? Anyone. In fact, you come to our office and we give you a cheat sheet. Here's all the important information. We'll give you voter registration materials. We want to make it easy for any group, whether or not it's the Equity Alliance, the you know League of Women Voters, there are a lot of organizations that help us uh, make sure we're registering people to vote.
1: Now, Jess, tell me, talk to me about some of the structural barriers that you see to creating, that creates low ver- voter turnout.
4: Um, yeah, I, thinking back to what you all just said, with the questions that you were asking about um, college students being able to vote. In our state, college students are not able to use their college ID to vote. Especially if you go to TSU, that is a state-issued ID because TSU is a state-run entity. So um, uh, that's one of the barriers. And, of course, just like you said, a lot of people don't want to uh, have—a lot of people have adversity or have a problem with giving all of their demographics to people. Also, at the same time, um, like the Equity Alliance in our community, we have been able—we've been successful in being able to register upwards of 90,000 people in this state to vote. Um, It's about having trusted messengers and having people who are in the community um, as uh, trusted messengers, as influencers, to be able to do and run those registration drives that meeting people where they are. Voters, regardless registered or not, don't want to be treated like a one night stand. So you have to woo them. You have to continuously be there in their communities, talking to them, making sure that their needs are met in order to make sure that they build the trust with you as a state entity, because we know that state entities and just our government in general has been um, harmful to our communities. So in order for us to be able to build that trust, we need to see you. We need to talk to you. Take me on a date.
1: (laughs) Yes, they they definitely will. Now, I got a question for you. You know, Jeff was just talking about, you know, the general election dominating the news cycle. This 2024 general election has already dominated the news cycle. and We haven't had one debate yet. So why should people really pay attention to local elections with the same fervor or even more than they do for presidential elections? Jess,
4: this is where it starts. Local elections are where it starts. Um, Your local election is where your schools will be funded. It is where your transit will be funded. All of that comes... We think that it it comes from the White House down when in actuality it starts at the state and local level and goes up federally. So um, in order for, I like to tell people that uh, an analogy that I use is in order for what's happening in the White House to trickle down to your house, you have to put the right people between you in the city council and in the state house.
1: What would you like to see happen to make voting more accessible for Tennesseans?
4: Um. Accessible communication, effective communication, and being able to meet, like I said, meeting voters where they are, whether whether they're registered or not, having a look at the the history of voter disenfranchisement in this state and being able to understand where we come from and what we need to do to reckon with, the, with these changes that are happening in our state. Um, in our state, Tennessee, Tennessee is a place where... Um, We're a pilot for all of the bad laws that happen or are passed across the state, in my opinion, and in many, many opinions. Um, Things start in Tennessee, like the KKK, and then they trickle out and go to Alabama and Texas and Florida and become a wildfire for harmfulness.
1: Jeff, you're the administrator of elections. What changes would you like to see? You know, I think um,
3: more focus at the high school level of in that civics class, more hands-on, maybe actually registering to vote as a requirement for completing that class. We already have it as a requirement to graduate and you take a civics test. Why not have a capstone be the actual registering to vote? Jeff
1: Roberts is the administrator of the Davidson County Election Commission, and Jess Williams is the communications director at the Equity Alliance. I want to thank you both for being on the show today. I really appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk with the first-time voter and folks who work in voter engagement. Are you excited about this week's election? Tell us why or why not by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil and this is Nashville. Election time is near, and folks who haven't voted early are gearing up to head to the polls on Thursday, and WPLN News will be following the election throughout the day. Now, before the break, we heard about some of the rules of voting and voter registration, but we know not all eligible voters cast their ballots. Why is that? Who are the people who engage potential voters with hopes of getting them out to the polls? And what are things like for someone who's voting for the first time? My next guests are here to help answer those questions. Erica Perry is the executive director of Black Nashville Votes. Garrett Floyd is the chair of Nashville Young Republicans. And Yusuf Dogan is an incoming freshman at MTSU. He was a part of our Youth Mayoral Candidate Forum and is a first-time voter. Erica Garrett Yusuf. Thank you all for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thanks
5: Thank so you. much for having Thank me. Thank
1: you so much. Really great. Okay, so Yusuf, we're going to start with you. It's your first time voting. Mm-hmm. How important was it for you to finally be able to cast your vote?
6: Oh, wow. Um, it, was a great, it was a great experience. You know, being on the Mayor's Youth Council, you definitely worked a, with a lot of people in government. You saw a lot of things. Um, just <laughs> being around and witnessing what's going on in the world. You know, I was ready to go out there and make my vo- voice heard. I early voted. Uh, it was a great experience. I, it's pretty easy. Just went in there, selected who I was wanted, put the ballot in the machine, and I was like, "Hey, that's it." Why did you just decide to early vote? I thought early voting would be really convenient for me. Um, I'm about to go to school, so you know, I figured I want to make sure I get all the stuff that I want to do done now. I want to make sure that my voice is heard. I want to make sure that. I'm not running into issues on Election Day. We know that on Election Day it can be really packed. And I just said, you know what? I'm, me and my brother are going to go vote at the Southeast Library and be done with it.
1: Okay, so you 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 early voted for convenience and to avoid any difficulty. But I'm right. curious, what was the hardest part
6: of the process? Was it registering to vote? It was. Um, for me, when I went on, the way I learned about um, registering to vote was through uh, actually talking to Freddie O'Connell, uh, we had a meeting at the Mayor's Youth Council and he said, um, how many of you guys, guys are registered to vote? And I wasn't. I wasn't registered to vote. He said, you know, I think someone on the Mayor's Youth Council should probably be registered to vote. So at yeah. <laughs> that hmm. moment, I opened up my phone uh, and I went to the, I just typed in Nashville registered to vote. And I. it was a lot of different pages. It was a lot of information I wasn't entirely sure about. Um, so I had someone walk me through it. Um, but after that, it was just pretty easy. I waited till I turned 18. I got my voter registration card in the mail and went to the Southeast Library to vote. How, how do you think things would have gone if you hadn't had someone to help walk you through it? I, I'm the type of person where I probably still would have tried to go vote anyway. But I can imagine for other people it may have been a bit discouraging because it's not really plain and laid out there for you. Um... You know, luckily, I've had someone to help me, so I was able to go get that done. I was very determined to go out and vote. Uh, but, yeah. All right. Now, Erica
1: and Gary, you both spend a lot of time with potential, talking to potential voters. I want to know, what what does that look like for you? Erica, let's start with you.
5: Yeah, a lot of our time is spent talking to folks about the issues and what's on the line. I think that, you know, participating in democracy, practicing democracy is a muscle that we've been Working with folks um, in Nashville, especially, to build that muscle. Um, we've been gathering folks to really have a, our sister organization, Black National Assembly, to have a conversation about what are the policies that feel important to us, and then prepare to go vote for people who align with that those policies. Um, so it's looked that we we had a youth assembly in um, June where we gathered young people to talk about what is on the line for them this election season. We registered new voters, like my friend here, uh, to vote. Uh, we, we have cookouts, we have happy hours, uh, we have small meetings where we gather folks in houses to talk about what's on the line um, and really encourage them not only to vote, but to ask their friends and family. So that network building where it's like it's a relational exercise that we can do together. Um, and then we even had a mock vote where we were like, based on the issues, who are the types of people we would support? And so what does it look like to practice that together um, during early voting in July and then um, in August? And I think. The- The other big thing that has felt important about our messaging and about our conversations um, when we text people and email them and talk to them on doors is that... um Our work, um, just voting is just one piece of our work together, but that, you know, it has to continue. We have to continue to hold Metro Council accountable. We have to continue to hold the mayor's office accountable. We have to continue to create policies and programs that align with our vision of Nashville. And so we want people to know that it is, you know, it's like working out. It's not something you can just do one day, Um, it's something that uh, we must continuously do and engage in throughout the year. Um, The other thing I'll say um, is that that we recognize that our theory has been for the last few years is that people have not yet, um, one, been asked to vote, many folks, and then two, people have not yet had a person that they are excited to vote for, not in at least the last decade for the folks that we've been talking to. So we've been really trying to champion and lift up people who are speaking to the heart of folks' issues, who are engaging and energizing people uh, to get out and build a democracy with us, a democracy that really has yet to be born in Tennessee and, and in Nashville.
1: Garrett, how about you? How do you go
0: about engaging voters? So um, with my role in Nashville Young Republicans, I'm a, a little bit pigeonholed to a smaller community of people, Republican Party, as you can imagine. Uh, what The hurdle that we've been going through with, young, with Republicans in Davidson County, they feel like their voice doesn't matter, that uh, we're, we live in a Democrat-controlled city, uh, our vote's just going to be overrun by everyone else. And where I sit at, especially with local elections, is so most of these uh, most of these candidates are not necessarily running on a traditional party platform. We're talking about small town issues. We're talking about a Titan Stadium. We're talking about uh, we're talking about getting giving teachers in your community the resources they need to do their jobs well. Um, don't feel disenfranchised just because it's a, sm- a look smaller office that you may not have your head wrapped around Participate.
1: now erica mentioned that people are hesitant to vote because they are not enthused they're not inspired yeah. by who they're voting for you find them the same thing
0: i would say so yeah um now in in recent history we've had some candidates that we are very passionate about but i think uh, um, Part of my role with Young Republicans is to find people who are passionate about leadership in my organization and help equip them, not just with resources to win, run and win a campaign, but to actually get smart. Let's talk about some local policy issues. Let's figure out what. how do you ask your neighbors.
1: I, I, want, I want to talk about that because you both are out there. You're knocking on doors. You're talking to folks. And How informed would you say the people are that you talk with about the voting process or Who or what is even on the ballot? Garrett, let's start with you.
0: So most of my members, uh, if we're knocking doors, we're getting that data from the county commission or election commission. That data typically has your more dedicated voters, but so they're typically more informed is, is my opinion. When it comes to talking to my members and members of my generation. Uh, yeah, there's a strong disconnect between. Oh yeah, registering to vote. Where would you do that? Where, uh, where? And then it gets tenth dimensional when you start asking, when, uh, how do you research after candidates? Especially too with with some of these nonpartisan races, they're not running on a uh, under a label that you can just vote on blindly. So uh, it's, it's a challenge. And but is. Uh, is a challenge that can be overcome with honest conversations and relationship. Erica, what have you found?
5: Yeah, I'll um, say canvassing has been one of my most like the one of the my most favorite things about um, you know this election season uh, as an organizer. We love talking to people. One of the things we found is um, you know. Again, we, we focus in District 21, and so that in, it includes 37208. So a number of folks are disenfranchised and cannot vote. We want to be honest about that. Um, and so for us, it's our work to figure out what does political participation look like outside of voting. The other thing is that that July 5th deadline, that deadline that you have to be registered to vote before you can actually participate in that election, and that you must do it a certain amount of weeks before the election is something that is new. So we've tried to make sure that was a part of our messaging. I think the other thing is that, um, you know, we wanna be able to connect the issues to what is on the ballot in the August election. And so being able to, we've done that for the past few years, we've been able to say, this is how people have voted, right? This is how they voted on big issues like the Titan Stadium. This is how they voted on uh, LPRs. Um, this is how they voted when it came to increasing wages for teachers and support staff. This is how they voted when we talked about community driven public safety. And so this is, you know, why we should or should not. Um, you know, put this person back in office. So I think that thing has felt important. So our voter guide, the folks who have included in that have kind of like spoken to some of the issues that have felt most important to our people. I think the other thing is that, um, as I've said before, so many people participate in the presidential election and and know to do that. Um, And for some of the folks we're talking to, this is their first time participating in a local election. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is the first time that somebody has knocked on their door and said, hey, I want to invite you into practicing democracy with us. And so we're meeting a lot of people who they feel really enthusiastic because somebody finally paid them some attention and asked them and invited them into practicing democracy with us.
1: Now, Yusuf, you're a little bit of an outlier because not every young person is on the mayor's youth council. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm, I'm sure two things. Do you How easy was it
6: for you to get up to speed on the election? And how easy do you think it is for your peers to get up to speed? Right. I understand that. When I was on the Mayor's Youth Council, I I was right there next to people in government, next to the mayor's office and all those folks. And it was pretty easy for me to learn about what's going on, um, to take part in plans, to be at those conversations at City Hall and everything like that, everything else. But I do know, especially when I'm talking to people my age, I think, you know, I don't think we're as informed on our candidates and what's going on, you know, I think we know what the issues are. We know what we're passionate about, but we don't know enough about the candidates, right? And I think that enough candidates aren't meeting us where we are. Um, I think people, some candidates feel as if we're gonna go on their city council website or their campaign website, and that's not really something that we're going to do. We're going to be on social media, mm. we're going to be at schools, we're gonna be other places, and there are very few people, especially in the local elections, that are going out there and reaching out to us. Um, and if that's how you wanna reach out to people and educate them on stuff, I feel as if you need to be on social media, you need to use that as a tool, you need to be connecting with us at schools, you need to be working with the school system and and connecting with us in all different types of ways. Uh, I don't think that it is extremely easy right now for young people to, you know, just be educated on that kind of stuff. Do you think it's easy for anyone, young, young or old? No, not even older people. No, not, not even older people. Um, because I think one thing we, we've become so tired of is just hearing people make promises about stuff or say that they're going to do this, say they're going to do that. I'm I'm the best candidate for this. I'm the best candidate for that. And it's like, okay. Or another thing is that I feel as if a lot of people don't understand what happens at the local level. Um, A person just on the previous segment was talking about everyone wants to go out in the presidential elections. We see even in Tennessee, lots of people coming out to vote at the presidential elections and the federal elections. But the local elections is where the stuff happens, right? That's where you can deal, local and state, is where you can deal and... uh, Go, go head on with a lot of those issues that matter to us. If you're just tuning in, this is
1: Nashville, and I'm your host, Kalia Lake Alona. We're talking this hour about voter engagement with Erica Perry, Garrett Wilson, and Yusuf Dogan. You can tweet us your comments at This is Nashville. Now, I'm a lot older than y'all. I remember way back in the 90s, we used to do things like rock the vote and rap the vote and everything to get young folks kind of engaged. You know, Yusuf's a young person, all of you are, you all are out here working hard to get folks in. And Erica, you mentioned a few of the events that that Black Nashville Votes tries to do. How can the efforts to get young folks involved, no matter what their p- political affiliation is, how can those be increased?
5: I think, uh, also, I remember Vote or Die, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Um, And we were just looking at that a few weeks ago, like, oh, what was that campaign about and and how did they get this information out? Um, One of the things we have done and we'll continue to do throughout the rest of the state um, is using um, our culture to bring people together. So we had like a, uh, um, we have the meet and three tour that we had in April where we were like getting people out and we could still register people to vote for the August election. So we started early in April registering people to vote vote, and then encouraging them uh, to prepare to vote in the the August election. The other thing I'll say that feels important is that that person-to-person contact is extremely important. That relationship building. I think oftentimes we talk about voting, absent organizing, but really we come as we come to um, elections and voting as organizers, it's where it's like we're doing work to say we want to organize for power. We're building power, fighting for power, and elections is one piece of it. And so it's like our work has to include building relationships, base building, um, organizing throughout the rest of the year, and then, you know, a piece of our work being voting. And so if you can get people used to coming to assemblies, you can get people used to coming to mass meetings, then one day out of the year to go vote is it's nothing because they've been participating in democracy for the totality of our year. If you got people going to city council watch, you know, once once a month, then of course they, they can find some time because we've we've been talking about it. We've been preparing for it. and We've been we've been um, moving our elected officials. And so now it's just this one piece where we of our strategy that we have to do together. So I think that we have to invest in organizing. We have to commit to organizing uh, our people.
1: You know, technology, social media is huge. You said mentioned it earlier. All of us know that TikTok, Instagram, all of these places. Garrett, you know, how can technology and social media, how can that really impact and get more people involved in voting?
0: Well, like we've mentioned earlier in, in this conversation, that's where young people in particular get all their information. Um, you know, you, you can, and it's really easy to reach out to people. You can make a, a little TikTok, you can make an Instagram reel. And if it's catchy, if it's cool, you can hit quarter million people in a week, in a month, easy. And if you can I- insert some critical information about Know a preferred candidate, a preferred policy. Boom! It just it, it's easy to produce that sort of, and garner that sort of engagement. Um, uh, other things that we're trying to wrap our heads around is using voter data, find people who are registered on social media, and um, become friends with them. Yeah, you know, if if I'm in charge of an orgy, organization, we're going to. Use that organization's social media to reach out, and I'm going to use my personal uh, social media to make m- make direct messages to people that I've discovered through voter data. And how how helpful is it for you to to get that voter data and to use it? Oh, it's. I mean, uh, I was able to get it through state party, but you can go on over, talk to Jeff, ask for voter data, and uh, I forget how much they charge, but it's very doable. And considering you're having access to you know 480,000 registered voters and and their information it's it's worth it so it's just as simple as going to your local
1: em- election commission yeah. and requesting that data you may have to pay you may get it uh, pro bono for
0: free right yeah it depends on county by county are there are there any drawbacks to getting voter data uh man if you're bad at excel if you're bad at using those spreadsheets it's terrible uh, that's uh, so manipulating the data, that's probably the biggest drawback. But when you figure out how to make it make sense and you can filter out by age, uh, precinct, best, uh, register registration status, boom, you got information that's worth the – the juice is worth the squeeze.
1: Now, Yusuf, I know that Erica and Garrett have gone canvassing knocking door to door. Have you? I have not. You have not. Okay, so this question is for you, too. You've been out here for years canvassing. What's the wildest thing you've seen when you've knocked on someone's door? Erica.
5: Oh, whew, y'all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've been canvassing for the last three years. Um, and one thing I will say is that we have voter. we have, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten data on folks who are voting. But we got some good information probably a few months ago. They were like, you need to knock on every door. You know, it's a little harder in District 21 because of Airbnbs. But— Again, we're engaging people who have not yet been asked to vote before, who have not yet been asked to participate in our democracy or or build democracy with us. And so, um, one, you know, knocking on every door that you can feels really important, especially in the districts that um, we want to increase voter turnout. But I think we've met a few folks who were not interested in voting, who said, I, I've never voted before. And, you know, our our interns have been able to be on the doors with them and be like, actually, no, this is why you should vote in this election. And then I want to invite you into working with us long term uh, to really shift power and, and transform Nashville. I think so. I think that's maybe one of the wildest. Um, some other things that have happened is. You know, we've been able to change people's minds about policy. Um, mm. Some people are more interested in, in having a conversation than than you might think, and then some folks are just like, "Give me the, give, give me the flyer and, and go."
0: Oh, <laughs> Garrett, what about you? Shoot, probably the most uh, bizarre experience I've had door knocking. Yeah, uh, you know, when you're knocking on people's homes, you find them in all states and in all mm. conditions. Yes, found one guy. I mean, he, he opened up his door, butt naked, completely and totally butt naked. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's very difficult to have a a conversation in that sort of a situation.
1: Who knows Uh, knows what was going on?
6: ready to leave (laughs) now. I'm kind of over this. I
5: had a similar experience.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yusuf? I just wanted to add on to what Erica said, and I thought that was really important about, um, you know, people saying that I'm not—voting doesn't matter. I think we have to really tell them that, you know— as our generation, we're all facing our own issues. We have our own ideas. We have our own understanding about what we're passionate about. And we really have to go and say to them, hey, this is the way you go out and make your voice heard. This is the way you go and express yourself. So I think that's really important.
1: I want to thank all of my guests for coming on to the show. Hey, my my solution, make voting like jury duty. Yes, (laughs) you have to do it. There's no way you can get out. I'd like to thank all of the guests. Erica Perry with the Black Nashville Assembly and Black Nashville Votes. Garrett Floyd of the Nashville Young Republic and MTSU freshman and first-time voter Yusuf Dogan. thanks again to you all
0: for being here. Thank you so Thank much. You so Thank much. you
1: Thanks for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by our senior producer, Steve Harouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tuthope. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville and let us know know. what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. You can find us on Instagram as well. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and be good to each other.